Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hang Out. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And the first is all our events coming up in January and February. Our first event is going to be Astrological Family Feud, which is family feud but based on astrological signs because what is more gay than astrology and your chosen family? That's going to be in Boston on January 9th. We also are going to have another L Word trivia that's going to be in New York City at Henrietta Hudson's on January 23rd. We're also having another L Word trivia event in Denver on January 31st. I will be attending that one, so I'm so excited to see all of our Denver listeners there. Uh, I'm jealous of that. I'm also jealous of the first Winona Earp trivia night in Boston, so... Check it out, Erpers. It's going to be February 22nd. You do not want to miss it. If you want to have trivia in your city, we're also hiring trivia hosts. So email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com if you're interested in bringing Les Hangout trivia to a city near you. And just as a reminder, after this week, you are going to have to last three whole weeks without us. It's going to be rough over the holidays, I know, but be strong. We will be back having new episodes coming back starting on January 13th. We are so excited to be back with you all. But for now, that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. Now, before we take our hiatus over the holidays, we wanted to bring you some of the interviews that we recorded while we were in New Orleans for the weekend soiree. So if you haven't heard us talk about that yet, you should definitely check it out. It is a queer women's weekend retreat that just took place in New Orleans. There's going to be another one next year in D.C. It is a ton of fun. It is primarily a space for queer folks and for queer people of color. And Ellie and I were so, so excited to be able to go this year. It was just a magical time. And while we were there, we got the opportunity to do two interviews that we want to bring you the audio from. So we're going to start out with our interview with Amber Whittington of Amber's Closet. We are super excited to have Amber Whittington, who is a YouTuber, a social media influencer, and the star of Amber's Closet. Not her name, though. Not my last name, yeah. So, uh, Amber, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We're so excited. So what we're going to be talking about today, you've been a YouTuber for a very long time. Seven years this month. Yeah, seven years. Um, What has it been like for you trying to navigate living uh, your private life in a very public way? Yeah, you know, I've just always been a very open book. And then, but coming out took me a long time. So then I... When I finally came into myself, I exploded. And so one of the things that I did was coming out 
online, right? Because certain people knew like certain friends and like like certain a couple relatives, right? But not everybody. So instead of just like doing it on Facebook or whatever, telling everybody or allowing my family members to tell everybody, I like literally majority of them found out through my coming out video on YouTube. When I finally came to that conclusion, I got so confident in myself that I was like, I'm not worried about anybody else's opinion that I'm going to share my stories because I feel like and being an open book because I feel like it will help somebody else. Have there ever been like any moments where you're like, I really wish that like I didn't have to share this part of my like I know obviously yeah. like but there's a lot a lot of stuff yeah. over seven years right yeah um I think to be honest I wish I have had two internet breakups right I wish that I could share with people the reason why with the first one because automatically I feel like a lot of people turned on me and mm. automatically thought that you know I did something wrong in general and but in in reality, like I was the one that was hurt by the situation. Um, so it's it's like, I wish maybe I dialed some of that back, but then at the same time, since I put it out there, I wish I can just like really tell him what's up. But I didn't want to negatively affect her because she was still a YouTuber. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like we did a workshop this morning on building community and social media. And we talked a lot about like being authentic um, and how like that, to us is like a huge part of building community but then also there is that kind of like double-edged sword sometimes where you're like you have to be real but you don't want to be too real right right <laughs> and sometimes like the reality you know you don't want to hurt other people and like yeah how do you how do you kind of balance those two like they're very opposite things you know yeah I talked about this I did a branding workshop yesterday and I talk about authenticity and like finding your true authentic self and your voice within that because I think that when you put yourself out there it's really important to be authentic because people can read through bullshit can I cuss on here oh yeah oh okay well <laughs> shit okay so people can read through bullshit but then there is a difference between finding your authentic voice and then the self you project you know what i'm saying and then realizing that and being able to be like oh am i staying true to myself because that's what it that's what's important at the end of the day and i think that i've been able to find that balance because i'm just like so myself that i'm able to see even when i tweak it just a little bit you know what I'm saying? And like, and I'm not, and I'm not saying true to myself. So I talked about this in the branding workshop with passion, being, doing what you're passionate about and how that's like correlates to like being your authentic self. If you're passionate about what you're doing and putting out there, then I think that goes with, oh, I'm being true to myself. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Cause also like this persona that you're putting out there, if you have to be like a completely different person in your persona every time you make a YouTube video right. or every time you're out in public. Like that is so, yeah. It's like far less exhausting yeah. to just try to be yourself mm -hmm. in whatever you're presenting. Yeah. Yeah. So and that people can read through that. Yeah. And then it's just, I don't know. I've, what is your end goal here? Like, what are you trying to do? You yeah. Know? Well, for you, what's your end goal? I literally, I started my YouTube channel to help others so they, they can help find themselves faster and easier than I was able to. Because like I said, it took me way too long to come out and that bothered me that I allowed other people's opinions or whatever that they thought about me or that I played basketball or all these stereotypes that were put on me. I hated that I allowed them to keep me from finding my true self. So because of that, I wanted to help everybody else not be afraid to do that and like be on their path or be able to come out easier than I was able to. So that's why I ha like I did it and that's why I continue. So I feel a sense of responsibility to keep up with that. I'm curious too, like as not just like a queer woman, but mm. like also a queer woman of color. Yeah. That like you are a super visible like 
piece of representation, you know, like Thank as a, as that sort of like objectified way that that's going to become for a lot of people. But yeah. like, what does that mean for you to like be that to so many people out there who like don't have that ability to see themselves a lot of other places? Yeah, if I mean, it feels amazing each day. I'm like thankful and appreciative that I even have the platform to even share my opinions or and to help others and be that representation for them. And then I see my other friends that do the same thing. And it's crazy because we're all considered, oh, queer women of color or people of color, but like we're so different. So we each give off and tell a different story that someone can relate to but it's all about representation right and I'm just I want to like if I get to get pushed up and I'm seen at that level I'm trying to pull others too because it's it's just really important for us to have our stories told from our voice because so many times before our voices weren't heard or if they were told they were told through someone else's perspective of our life right yeah. so it's like us being able to now do that I, like I said I just feel so appreciative to be able to do that and but it's a struggle because being that and also being a queer person in general on YouTube being a woman of color being a person of color in general on YouTube is hard and then talking about social issues like that also just like eh, eh, eh. <laughs> like YouTube doesn't like any of those categories and I'm all three of those so it's always a battle I'm I'm facing to prove the worth of my audience to YouTube as well as other brands, right? But I have fun doing that too. How did you get started? Tell us a little bit about how you started the whole YouTube channel. Yeah, it started um, because of my sister Ashton's Closet. So we were both fashion girls and we had Instagrams already before, or like for YouTube or whatever. But my sister was doing YouTube before we had Instagram, but we're very fashion forward and but we're opposite. So she was doing videos in her closet, giving um, style advice in a, the most feminine way, all these heel, the high heels and stuff like that. And I was making fun of her and her friends that did YouTube because they did it way before it got cool. I mean, I was, but my sister was doing it 10, 11 years ago, right? I started seven years ago. Yeah, I would make fun of her, but then when I did a sister tag challenge with her and it was like one of her most popular videos. And in that, like majority of the comments were like, oh my God, have your sister make a YouTube channel because I, I emphasize in the video that I'm a tomboy and people were like, whoa, there's none of this on the internet. Finally, I did. And then my sister threatened my life. It was like, if, <laughs> if you make a channel and don't call it Amber's Closet, I'm going to kill you. So like, I was like, oh, I got you. That was easy. So I really, and also I feel like I had a nice closet. So I was like, oh, this goes both ways. I, I'm showing fashion and helping people come out of the closet. Boom. You know, so that's how I got my start. Were you already out when you started your channel? No, the only two, um, like I was saying, close friends, mm -hmm. like my best friends and maybe a couple other people. I was always only out to my basketball teams since high school. Right. Because that okay. was the only so gay. Right. Yeah. Because that was the, and not in the high, not at my Catholic high school that was predominantly Caucasian, not there, but at my my um, schools, like my basketball team that were like the elite teams of like, oh, the best from each school. So like there somebody finally like some one person said, oh, I like this girl. And then everybody's like, oh, shit. Okay, well, me too, and then me too, me too, and then so you would find in that circle that okay, there are we can be open with each other about our sexuality, but nowhere else. I was afraid to do that anywhere else. I didn't come out to people besides my girlfriends and basketball teams until junior year of college, mm -hmm. which is way too long. And then I started telling a few people after that my mom, my dad, and then the internet. <laughs> I also came out junior year of college, yeah. so I. I understand, yeah. but I was like 
very i didn't even kiss a girl till junior year okay of college. see okay so see, like you're fine no i'm not <laughs> because you didn't kiss a girl till junior year of college yeah. but i was already i already had three four girlfriends by then so why did I, it take so long because yeah. i already knew that that i was comfortable with girls more than guys i tried yeah. it i didn't have sex with dudes i'm a gold star by the way so are i don't know if that's us. tmi yes. okay yay look at this i didn't i was dating dudes but i could already tell i was more comfortable with girls and that's what i preferred so the fact that i knew all of that and had all this experience and still let it take me that long like i'm mad at myself still i'm like thinking back at, on it like in hindsight i told like i totally understand but it's like yeah. at, at a certain point like when you're in it it's so hard like yeah. you're like yeah it was so easy now i feel great but like there's so much more to it then but that's why i think it is important that you have your like your channel and you have your platform for people who are like she can do Stuck. it so can i yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. It's also like junior year of college. We're not that old, you know? Yeah. You're like you're like 20, 21, like I mean, in I the grand scheme of life, like that's still pretty I know you do at the time, but like it's it's really not. It's circumstantial you know? cuz like I moved out from my mom's house at 16, right? And I had my own apartment. So I'm she chose to move far with her new husband which i did not like at all my sister and i were uncomfortable around him i had a scholarship to a private school which was like the best in the city so i already she already lived pretty far from the school so my sister and i chose our great education over my mom but my mom I, we felt like my mom chose the relationship right so we grew up really early because at 16 and 17, we had to live on our own, cook for ourselves, which is cool, and like make sure that we get to the school that was already 40 minutes from our house, right? Mm. And so we had to wake up earlier than everybody. We were, we were at school longer than most people because all the clubs I was involved in, as well as basketball team and stuff like that. So I literally had a 6 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. day every single day of like going hard, which so that made me feel like I grew up early because college was a breeze to me compared to how hard my high school was. So I felt very grown. And then I think that that's kind of why I'm in my head about like, it took me too long. I grew up so early. But you, you did come out. Yeah. Eventually. There's kids coming out at 12. I know. Yeah. I, know. I made, I met a trans, an eight year old trans boy the other day who literally is my inspiration now. You know what I mean? Man, I think the youths have got it, you know, like they're getting there. They're like getting there so much faster than I think we did. Mm -hmm. They are. They're just like, they're they so much more, more aware. Like role models yeah, now, right? Absolutely. I wish that I had, this is not trying to be cocky, but like, I wish that I had a me, anybody. I wish I had an Ari Fitz when I was younger. I wish that I had anybody that, that is that for the younger crowd. Cause now people come up to me and they're like, oh my God, I watched you in middle school and high school. I'm like, oh, am I that old now? But honestly, like to have that when I was younger, if I had that, it would have made my life make more sense. And I would have gotten to where, you know, I was comfortable with myself earlier. You know, yeah. I knew I liked women very early, but I didn't know what that meant. I went to a Catholic school. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So we, they're not trying to teach me that. Yeah, like the word lesbian didn't exist for a long time. The yeah, word gay didn't, didn't exist for a long time. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just talk no, about sins, you know what I'm saying? And follow the Bible. And I'm like, wait, because your Bible doesn't make sense either. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> I was that kid in school. Like, yeah. what you're saying doesn't make sense. You know this, right? Hashtag representation matters. It's, yes. We get it. Yeah. No, but that's, I mean, it is though. It's like, it's why we always say with the podcast, like, our whole thing was to make the podcast that, like, we wanted to listen to. Yes. You know, and like that's a real motivation, I think, as we all realize, like, we're not 16 anymore. We're not juniors in college anymore, yeah. you know, and like we can you can put your voice out there and you can yeah. put 
your stories out there and your life out there and like do it in a way that gives people that chance to understand themselves a bit better yes yeah because that's literally what i lead with every time i describe myself i'm like i want others to know that they have a voice that their voice matters and that they should use their voice right because i think that's the thing is like majority of getting people to know that like hey did you know that you matter and that you have a voice you can use it and then if you use it you're helping others i think so many people don't realize that and so i just love trying to spread that message yeah Yeah. i feel like that is a perfect like bow on this conversation and also like i felt like you were staring into lee's soul like and now (laughs) lee's like i matter You guys know, look, you, yes, you're using yes, your voice yes. in this. We really appreciate you coming and talking to us. Where can people find you if they want to watch your YouTube channel or all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's um, Amber's Closet on social media, Amber's Closet on Instagram and YouTube, Amber's Closet 33 on Twitter. Oh, yeah, on Facebook. I, I do post stuff on Facebook as well. I need to be better at that. But yeah, that's where you can find me. I do have some projects coming out. But if you follow me on Instagram, I'm going to show you. Yeah, I don't worry <laughs> to find those things. Great. But I just want to leave with uh, what I, how I leave every video is I love you guys. Stay amazing. Stay proud and stay woke. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. For our next interview, we got a chance to sit down with Dr. Lakara Foster. We do just want to mention we recorded this in a different room than our interview with Amber. So the audio is a little bit more echoey, but we hope that you enjoy listening to the conversation. We had such a great time and she had so many really interesting things to say. If you're not familiar with Dr. Foster, you should check out. She has a series on YouTube called The Gift, where she shares her gift as a medium with different people in every episode. It's really incredible. And we were so excited that we got a chance to sit down and talk to her. So we are so excited to bring you our live episode from New Orleans at the Weekend Soiree. We have our first guest joining us, who is Dr. LaCara Foster. Thank Um, you for coming. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm excited that you guys chose to interview me. We are so excited. (laughs) Thank you so much. So we are excited to talk to Dr. LaCara. She is a proud native of New Orleans, Louisiana, currently stars in the new YouTube show, The Gift, a web series following her life as a medium, minister, and spiritual teacher. Yes. And we're here today to chat about being LGBTQ and reconciling that with your spirituality. So, absolutely, yes. So, which I feel like is two things that you are and do very well. I hope, absolutely. Um, So, why don't you speak to that a little bit? How did you How did you get into what you do now? Um. So, as I'm sorry, LGBT. Oh no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Both. Both. was born with both. <laughs> uh, so with my uh, with my gifts, I would say that I've been uh, practicing for over 20 years, but it's something that I knew that I had even as a kid. Um, I just didn't know, I didn't have the language to articulate what this was. I knew that um, I thought for a while as a kid, everybody, you know, could just knew different things or saw different things, but I got to be a teenager and knew that that was not the case. Um, and then just really began it when I saw that I could help people with it, just about in college, I started using it. Um, and honestly, like, as far as reconciling it, I don't think that it's ever really, I didn't, so I tell people I didn't grow up in church, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you are black and LGBT and grew up in church, you are probably all messed up right now, right? Just a lot of, you know, a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, and so I've had a lot of my colleagues or counterparts to say that they've had to do a lot of undoing, you know, in terms of theology or bad theology around their sexuality. And so that just was not the case for me because, um, 
I didn't grow up in church. Like, we went to church, but some of my kind of, like, they grew up in church. And Sunday, Bible study, and, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that just was not my experience. So I just kind of really felt like, yeah, like, God loved me. Like, why wouldn't God love me? I'm like, I'm awesome. So <laughs> we just always had that relationship, I feel like. And so you got started as a minister. When did that start? Um, I became a licensed minister actually last year, which is this is in 2018, in June of 2018. I became a licensed minister. And it is not something that was like on my to-do list or anything mm-hmm. like that. It just, my father has always said, he's like, you know, you're going to preach the word of God because you come from a long line of women ministers. And honestly, I would be like, I don't know how I'm going to do that with this Hennessy in my hand. I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah. But one day I, I was in church and it's just, you know, I talked to God pretty much like I'm sitting here talking to you mm-hmm. all. And uh, it was, I just heard God say like, it's, it's time, you know, it started kind of going. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta. And I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. And you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We're down that path. That's awesome. Yeah. What has your experience been with working with other queer people and how they relate to to spirituality as opposed to something like the church? You know, like you were saying... A lot of people have pretty messed up relationships yeah. with the church. Um, you know, I think it's so interesting because a lot of people really could not reconcile their LGBT with their faith, really without finding, I believe, like the right sanctuary or the right, you know, church or the right leadership. I believe that I am fortunate enough. I attend Division Church of Atlanta under Bishop O.C. Allen, who is openly gay. He has a husband. He has two children. Um, and he's very esteemed. You know, he has worked under with Obama. Um, he has he works with Mayor Keisha Bottoms in Atlanta. He's just a very esteemed. And so I think for myself and other people who attend this church, it's like you see, oh yeah, you can be LGBT and love God and Jesus and still do your life's work 
without feeling, you know, like you're condemned. But I think that example um, is something that a lot of people don't get to see. I think that even being in Atlanta, I think we really take for granted this amazing church that we have with this amazing bishop that we have who is authentic and open and, you know, fights for LGBT rights, but also fights for social justice. Um, And so, you know, you might get to, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, they don't have that, you know, or some other small city that doesn't have an affirming church. Um, And I think that there's a difference between, because, you know, there are people go to church and sometimes they have to sit up under, you know, pastors who are constantly bashing them or constantly in one way or another telling them this is wrong, you know, but what do you do when there's no other church or this is the church that you grew up in? I mean, so I have found that a lot of my, honestly, I'm probably one, I have a large circle of friends, but I might be like the only one that's like involved in the church, you know, and other, you know, the other ones, they are very much uh, spiritual and have their own spiritual practices that they do. But for me, I, you know, I like it. And I didn't choose this until I was, you know, in my 30s. So, yeah. yeah. I understand. I come from a Catholic church, (laughs) which is obviously has a lot of baggage, but I can understand, like, I grew up in the church, and that was my community, yes. right? So yes. it's like wanting that sense of community, mm-hmm. but having that community sometimes reject you, reject you yeah. which can be really hard. Yeah. And I think it can be difficult to, like, have that, go away from it, because sometimes you need you need to. Like, yes. in, in order to accept yourself, you can't be around people who are rejecting you Absolutely. and then finding some other sort of way to connect back with your faith or yes. some sort of spirituality. Yes. I think there's a lot of people that like have a similar yeah. path. And I think some people are yearning for that. And I think even with my gift, you know, um, in getting my doctorate, it was uh, the title of my project was Making the Inclusion for the Gift of Psychic Mediumship Among the Spiritual um, Gifts of the Modern Church. And so really looking at how people with this gift could also feel included. Because I, you know, really outside of myself, and well, I will say this, like, now that I'm out, right, so I'm like, okay, came out being gay a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, now I got to come out as being a medium in the church, right? <laughs> Imagine that, right? And so I tell people, like, this is my last time coming out. Like, I'm not coming out. You know, I have nothing else to come yeah. out about. Now that I'm out, there are other people who are in the church who have been hiding, you know, their gift, you know, whether it is psychic or medium or whatever it is, you know, that people will text me or call me and say, I didn't know that I could be this and that. Well, this has been Lakara her whole life. Like, I'm going to be what I'm going to be, mm-hmm. you know. And so I have looked at, like, you know, what if the tarot reader wants to be Christian, you know, or the astrologer wants to follow Christ? Is there room in the church to be able to have these gifts and be a part of this? Um, and so I'm finding that there is. It is a lot of conversation around it. And interestingly enough, there was an article written in the uh, Christian Post. And it said, Atlanta church hires psychic medium. First of all, I am not hired by my church, right? And they, the church has not, you know, hired me for this gift. I do work in my church, but I'm not on payroll or anything like that. And so the article has been shared, I don't know, like 60,000 times, right? But what it has done is it's really, like, there's so much conversation about it, about the gifts and about where the gifts come from and who can have the gift and are you evil because you have the gift and you know, I'm a scholar, so I've studied, so I know who King James is, and I know what was written and what was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so um, the conversation has started, and that's a beautiful thing. It is, but it's so funny, like, the parallels between, like, that discussion yeah. and, like, 
being gay, you know. Like, well, what's so interesting is within the past century. I mean, it's listen, not even like like past. You know, I have said I I, I said this yesterday in the thing to say you know just, I didn't share like all these times right. So I don't read. I read like a few comments right. My brother he's probably read like all five thousand of them right, and he's like, and I responded to them right. But it's like people are like, oh, you can't be a minister in the medium. Like you're going to hell. You're going to. And it's like, and I was like, nobody said anything about me being gay. Right. But I was like, they don't even care, right? Like nobody yeah. even cares about being gay anymore. Like it's like, <laughs> like that never came up. So, well, and but, it's funny. Like I wonder, I wonder too if there's, um, like as it does kind of start stepping into the light a little bit more. Yeah. Like I wonder if there's gonna be, um some more overlap too because I am you know I'm curious like I was just reading an article uh that someone we know wrote about her connection to um one of the characters on like Haunting of Hill House who is like very much an empath okay um and for her it like a lot of that also like you know had to do with her childhood and like how she grew up and everything but also I think that there's um a way in which queer people are like attuned yeah. To the world around them and the people yeah. around them yeah. in like a slightly different way because you ha- you have to be you yeah. know like you have yeah. to be able to read people and you have to be able to read situations and and I'm curious like especially for a community that I think does have that that connection to spirituality but right. so often doesn't find that in church form yeah. necessarily like I'm really curious like how that overlap is going to start looking you know I you know I am too and I think that one thing I my, my bishop has been so supportive of this journey and I asked them before the YouTube series came out it came out in September of last year and so we had a conversation probably about August and I said you know like this is coming out and this is who I am and if you want me to give this collar back like I gotta give it back because I gotta do what God is calling me to do in the world and he says you know he says no like I'm not gonna sit you down you're not gonna give it back he says what you are gonna do is you're gonna walk in attention of being a medium and a minister and figuring out what that means. And so I will say that I'm figuring out what that means from September of 2018 to May of this year. Like, it was easy breezy. Like, I had done the news here. I had done Sister Circle Live on TV One. Had an article in Pastiche Magazine, Rolling Out Magazine, like all of these different things, right? And everyone is just singing my praises. And it's, oh my God, like, and people are calling me and they're saying, especially women of color, you know, I grew up in the church. I really know how to feel about this. But because you said you love Jesus and you love God, I can, I felt good about calling you, you know. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, article comes out, you know, on Christian Post. And all of a sudden, like, I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, it comes out and I see, I'm on Facebook and I'm like, you're going to hell. You're the devil. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> and then somebody tags me. In this article, and I'm like, oh, like this got real, right? Yeah. And so, um, this and it's like blowing up, and it's it's like immediate, right? And so my bishop, uh, his husband texted me, and he goes, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm having a cocktail. What y'all doing, right?" Because <laughs> I knew that it, it's all a part of the divine plan that God was saying we got to have these conversations, and that God is saying. I will not be boxed in. I will not be boxed in the gender. I will not be boxed in the politics. I will not be boxed in anything that you human beings are trying to box me into, you know. And I was like, let's do it. 
Jesus is anti-label is what you're saying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that. And I think that one day we will get to the point where we will understand that gender is the biggest illusion. Ooh. Yeah. Like we're going and we're going into a completely different. Yeah, I love <laughs> Let's it. Do it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, because it, it is. It's like it's too many different. You know, like why would God only make this and this without having so many other varieties and stuff to choose from? And I yeah. think that we will get just like I was saying. Like there's there was no conversation about me being LGBT. That we're getting past that. You know, we're going to yeah. get past the gender thing, and we're really going to move into more of who am I in the spirit. What did my soul come here to do? What is my soul's mission? Because we got to get out of ego to do that. We've watched the YouTube series. I, yeah. We didn't fly in in time to make the, the group reading yesterday. Yeah. But, but I know it sounds like a lot of like your description of what your gift is has to do with like energies. Oh, absolutely. You know, and like how do you notice a difference with like how people's energies change with orientation with gender with like is there does that come into play at all is that like completely a separate Um, thing I don't know I think it's less and that's why I say about I feel like gender being an illusion right and when I say gender in terms of even our orientation right because I'm somebody like the way I feel about it is to say to have to announce that I am a lesbian means that you are only interested in how I have sex Right. Mm-hmm. Or to say I'm gay or to say, like, why are we having to announce who and how we have sex? Like, I'm beyond that. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I'm so beyond that conversation of it's none of your business. Yeah. You know, I think that I am fortunate enough that I have parents and family who is super supportive, but I don't want to have to make that announcement. So I think that for me, it is more about energy. And I think that the energy is not necessarily if you're straight or if you're gay or if you're. I think it's just that, are you woke? Are you open? Are you in tune with yourself? Or are you full of ego? You know, because I have friends who are LGBT who have no sense of spirituality because they're so full of ego and so stuck on, you know, this, I'm gay and I can't have straight friends. Like, what are you talking about? You you know what I mean? Like, no, like, no, you don't have no friends because you're not friendly. Like, (laughs) so... Um, I think that we'll get to a place. I, my hope is that we'll get to a place beyond that. But in terms of um, my own energy, I really think it's just really who's open, you know, to receiving the information. But I do think that because LGBT people have been marginalized, you know, and on the margins, it does provide for a different experience in terms of acceptance, in terms of openness, if that makes sense, than people who probably aren't or, you know, races or orientation groups, whatever that aren't necessarily on the mind. I'm curious, why did you start your YouTube series? What was like the catalyst to start the gift? So this is not something I have ever wanted to do, right? Let's be clear on that, right? Really truly. Because I've been practicing for a very long time, but it was a, a private practice. And you would only I would only work on referrals. So if you came to me, then you knew exactly what I did. And you weren't skeptical, you weren't, you know, mm-hmm. you wanted to connect to loved ones who had passed. Mm-hmm. And so people came very open and very uh, vulnerable and very willing to have this experience. And so, you know, even with being a minister, God, it's just like God is like the ultimate check right? God was like, yeah, you're going to be, you got to go be a minister. I'm like, all right, right? So I do the minister thing. And then shortly after, God was like, yeah, so then you got to um, do this YouTube thing where you have to announce, you, know, you have to tell people what your gift is. And I'm going, like, God, you're pushing it. 
right? You are really pushing mm-hmm. it now, right? But I'm so sold out on this. This is my soul's mission and moving in alignment with my soul's mission. And I was like, okay, I got to take me out of it because Lakara is not interested in celebrity or being, but if, if my soul is saying this is what we need to do, then we're going to do it. So God said, this is what we're going to do. And I had no money, right? I was like, literally like, okay, God, because I talked to God. If this is what we're doing, you're going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And so the resources started lining up. And people will say, you know what, well, what was your budget? We didn't have no money. Like we had a camera. And I would like call people and I would like, spirit would lead me to people and I would say like, hey, like we're doing this series. I would love to give you a reading. It will be free. But can we, you know, you can show your gift. I'll show my gift. And so that's pretty much, you know, how that happened. But the main thing was really about healing. And even when people could not get a reading themselves, they could watch the series and get some healing of just knowing my loved one is always with me. Right? Yes. And so I think that for me, like, that has been the main thing that, you know, I will have, it happens all the time. Like, people will call me and say, I really want to get a reading. I can't afford it. One day I'll be able to afford it. And I'll be like, Okay, like call me tomorrow at five. Like we'll have the yeah. reading, you know. Yeah, so that's why I ended up doing it. But I, I knew that doing it this way was going to take it to a larger platform. Exactly how God had shown me, you know. But it really is about healing the masses and showing people and as a Christian, like God said that we would have eternal life, right? And I believe that the medium gives evidence of God's promise of eternal life. Like God said, How else are they gonna know that I've kept my promise? And so people think that you die and then that's it. Like, no, like, no, your soul goes on. And, you know, I say there's only heaven, right? So that's the whole thing. It's like, you don't believe in hell? Like, no, I don't believe in hell. I believe that we are reunited with source, right? We are reunited with oneness when we depart these physical bodies. And so people say, well, can you just do anything? Yeah, you really can do anything, but why would you want to? Like, why would you not want to experience how good it feels to be good to other people? That's my thought. (laughs) That's a great thought. Yeah, I I love that. Can you tell our listeners if they want to find the gift, where can they find that? Where can they find you or or learn more about what you're doing? Absolutely. Um, so the YouTube is Lakara Foster TV, right? Or they can just search Lakara Foster the Gift and it'll come up there. And then on Instagram and Facebook, it's Lakara with the Gift. Thank yeah. you so much for talking to us, Lakara. You're welcome. Yeah, thank, thank you all for you. having me. Let me hear you say hip 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 hip. We love hearing from you and building our community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. In this episode, I want to give a shout out to Leah. She reached out on our Facebook page about how much she loves the show. Um, in the in a, uh, When you send a Facebook message, it says like, question, dot, dot, dot. And she just said, no question, just love. So just love. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening. So I just wanted to say... Thank you. And no question, just love. Just love. Just love. Uh, for we you, also Leah. just love, as always, our Lesbian Jesus patrons Amy and Ellen, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, Sarah and Julia, Nicole Gross, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Mark Foster, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Sammy Walsh, Audrey O'Connor, and Wendy K. Bartlett. And our King Princess patrons, Kayla Kelly and Amy and Ellen. Thank you all so much. We could not do all the amazing things that we do without you. And we really appreciate every single one of you. See you in a few weeks. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod.
you can send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts so that you'll be the first to know as soon as new episodes go up every week. We're also putting videos up on our YouTube channel this season, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. If you want to help support the podcast, there are so many ways that you can do that. The first one, rate and review us on iTunes. It's so easy, it's so free, and it helps new people find the podcast. If you want to support us financially, you can do that at Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have a lot of cool perks there. We have drinking games for our Lessentials. We have Lessentials watch parties. We have blooper reels. We have merch discounts. If you want to get some of your... Ad-free episodes. All sorts of good stuff. So many good things. Speaking of merch, Lee. (laughs) We also have a merch store, and there's a ton of good stuff in it. And if you order right now, there is still time to get things in time for the holidays. I think depending on how you're getting it shipped, it's either December 12th to December 18th, somewhere in that window that you have to order by. Uh, But we have some fun. We still have our homo for the holiday. We still have our Homo for the Holidays designs up. We also have a new holiday design up. That's Ellie's <laughs> Unwrap Me, I'm Gay. Uh, it's beautiful. You know you Classic. want it. Let people know what they're getting, you know, as soon as they look at you. Um, all of those are available along with all of our other merch. So check it out. You can find it at bit.ly slash lesshop. If you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out.